Mark chapter 5, 1 through verse 15. And they came over unto the other side of the sea and to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, and when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice, saying, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us over to them pigs, and we could enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked into the sea. And they that fed the swine fled, and they towed it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. Last verse, and they came to Jesus and, and see him that was possessed with the devil and had legion and the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. All of God's people said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Share this topic with the person beside you and we'll, we'll expedite uh, to give you the gist of what the Lord is saying. Tell them it ends in victory. It ends in victory. So even in the evangelical movement, we use the word gospel a lot, the gospel. We know through uh, Bible survey that the gospels would be Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke being synoptic, the more stringed together or connected one, and, and John being non-synoptic. It's like he's out there by himself a little bit. Um, we would call Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, synoptic because, you know, they do share some of the same stories, uh, same uh, language, some of the same accounts. Start with the genealogy of uh, Mary, Joseph, the tribes. Uh, but when you look at John, you know, John says, if you really want to know who Jesus is, you've got to go beyond Mary and Joseph, Nazareth, and Bethlehem. John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The Gospels. 
the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord. And I would even uh, add or expand that it's not just the resurrection, but it's the return of our Lord. It's important that we say that because our churches have kind of pulled away from eschatology or the teaching or the study of the last days because we've gotten kind of comfortable here. But the telos of our faith is not that a house is coming. The culmination of our faith is that after all of this, Jesus is coming. Amen. Look up for your redemption. Draw not. He's coming for those who are looking for his, his appearance. And so when we look in the Gospels, we see the template of what real ministry should look like, you know. He's feeding the hungry, you know. He's, he's causing people to be healed, you know. He's declaring the kingdom, you know. You know he's fulfilling all things. But that's one aspect of ministry that seems to be um, overlooked, evaded, or primitive in the mindset of some preachers and churches. That's the ministry of deliverance. Right. Deliverance. Anytime I brought up this discussion about deliverance from demonic oppression or possession, especially when I'm talking in evangelical circles and I share with them the testimonies of deliverance, oftentimes they bring it up that we see those manifestations and those dealings in African nations because of witchcraft and witch doctors. They've even lifted up that uh, it's because of voodoo and idol worship in India, the reason why I see these demonic uh, operations. But I've had to push back on that. And maybe through Western Christian Christianization, we, we think everybody else is in the dark and, and here in America, we're the only ones in the light. <laughs> but when I went to these other countries and I saw these demonic manifestations, Bishop, I considered that I don't believe it had anything to do with the witch doctors or the voodoo workers or the idol worshipers. I saw before church started for hours intercessors praying. People who said, before you came, we started fasting. To the point, any demon could be comfortable in a consecrated atmosphere. And maybe we feel like we're too advanced as a society to have demons at work in our culture. But I want to lift to you that there are more demons in our Western culture than we see in other places. We may not see as many manifestations because manifestations come when the atmospheres provoke them. And they saw Jesus so far off. <laughs> we must lift up again that deliverance is real. Because maybe we've learned how to live with things that we should be casting out. Oh, it didn't get quiet in here. Yes. 
which this is an, uh, this is a comments about fresh oil and an anointing and i want to lift to you that what really announces your anointing is not the collar that we put around your neck what announces your anointing is not the certificate of licensure or ordination that we give you at holy convocation really what announces your anointing is the warfare you have to deal with Mm. if you don't have no warfare there's no authentication of your oil I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor my warfare is an announcement of my anointing I need to say this because growing up in church I was matching trying to match my testimony with the testimony of the older saints and because they seemed like they had already accomplished all things, it made me question, did I have what I said I had? You know, I got the Holy Ghost when I was 12. And I'll never forget, my mama was hard. She was hard. She raised me in the church. But after getting the Holy Ghost at 12, I was scared to claim it. <laughs> I mean, I spoke in tongues, I fell out, but I was scared to claim it because my mother would say, uh, why that room not clean? People got people that got the Holy Ghost don't have dirty rooms. <laughs> I come home with a report card. She said, "And you got the Holy Ghost?" <laughs> hey, why them dishes in the sink? You supposed to have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and and if nothing else, made me struggle about having what I said I had was when I had to start going through the maturation stage of puberty and adolescence. Don't y'all look at me like that. I thought that if I got saved, that means being saved eradicated me from temptation. Mm. Mm. I thought if I really had the Holy Ghost, especially when I became a preacher, and I'm preaching faith, that means I'll never have to deal with fear. And if I lay hands on everybody else, then why would I be dealing with anxiety? And if I can preach everybody else in victory, why am I going back to the hotel room battling my own depression? And if I got a word for everybody else's marriage, why is my marriage in conflict? When I got a, I got a revelation from a scripture that says many are the afflictions of the righteous. I need you to tell your neighbor, it's because you're righteous. Because many of us have walked in condemnation and questioned our assignment and our anointing because we found ourselves being the embodiment of seeming contradictions. Mm. And C.S. Lewis makes reference in his screw tape letters that one of the biggest deceits of the enemy is for us to believe that he's in control of everything or believe he has no power or influence in anything. We got we to gotta acknowledge we who are anointed. We got to acknowledge the infiltration of satanic devices among us. 
Number one, you know that you're dealing with demonic oppression when your language is locked in the past. I'm going to move very quickly. The Bible says this man was living in the cemetery. Anytime you find yourself where all of your reference points is in the past, whether good or bad, you must consider that you can be under the influence of demonic oppression. Some of us, we are triggered by statements. We are triggered by fragrances. We are triggered by individuals that walk in the room. But I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm not there anymore. You got to be careful of individuals around you that want to keep you locked in the past. My God. Yes, I'm thankful for Bishop so-and-so and I know God moved when Mother so-and-so was living. But I believe that the best days of the church are not behind us. Somebody got mad when I said that. I said the best days of the church are not behind us. The best days of the church are in front of us. I I need you to lay your hands on your neighbor's shoulder tell him get out of the cemetery get out of the cemetery yes they divorced you they moved on and married to somebody else and you looking on Facebook trying to see what they doing get up and live get up and live get up and live if you're not at that church anymore you should be in conversations concerning what they're doing over there don't call me don't involve me don't talk to me about it because the sign of demonic act Activity and oppression in your life when it keeps you locked in the past all your conversation you still talking about stuff from 10 years ago like it happened last week hallelujah you still you, you're trapped in the past you still feeling condemned and self-conscious and insecure because you had a child out of wedlock and that child is in college living living in the past another sign that you're on a demonic oppression even as believers is when you start losing energy and passion over what you've been called to do isn't it something that we spend a lot of money in marketing for our churches flyers and videos and the truth is our flyers and our videos are not for the sinners if y'all think about it, we're not posting flower, flyers to be evangelistic, to try, try to get sinners to come to church. Our flyers are marketed to our own members. We got to do announcements. We got to tag you to remind you to show up to what you said you've been called to be in covenant with. Oh, y'all, they got mad with me here. I got to preach it anyway. It's a sign of demonic oppression. When you keep falling out of covenant from week to week, you sign up today and you're on fire on Sunday. And now we got to call the next Sunday to find out what happened to you. Oh, my God. Isn't it something that when we put stuff together, and we get people to volunteer now we gotta have a backup plan just in case they decide they're not gonna do it oh my god isn't it something that you show up this week all faithful and now you offer 
two weeks talking about you got family in from out of town when I was growing up when family came in from out of town they, they came to church with us look at your neighbor tell your neighbor demonic activity oh I know you I know you want to you want to see somebody foam at the mouth but let me tell you something some of the greatest demonic activity is sits on us you lost your passion you lost your energy oh foolish Galatians who not what but who bewitched you this is why it is okay to warn new people about saints when new people join the church hallelujah those who are spiritual you must pull them to you because if you don't you got groups in your church who complain about the church they complain about the pastor but they're not going nowhere they have been ordained to this they're not going nowhere they've been ordained to announce your anointing because you're not a prophet unless Jezebel is in the room. And you got to be careful about Jezebel. Because we always want to make Jezebel a lucid woman. No, no, no. Jezebel can be a church administrator. Jezebel can be an adjutant. Or a lead elder. Oh, y'all not going to talk to me here. Because, because Jezebel doesn't want the power Jezebel wants to be connected to the power you got to be careful about people who come into your ministry and want to be a wall and not a door they will start cutting you off from everybody else mm, got to be very careful yeah yeah you are passionate but who who got in your, look at your neighbor ask your neighbor who got in your ear That's why there are no prophetic voices in the house that are not affirmed by the leader of the house. You got to watch people who get in your inbox, in your DM. Because you have great passion and energy about the church and about your calling. And now what used to give you energy is depleting you. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 that in this last day that the spirit of the Antichrist will come to wear out the saints is a depletion that all of a sudden oh I gotta go to church I gotta go to rehearsal we got a meeting what happened to I get to go to church and I want to address this because now we're making the phrase burn out we're making it very common and it should because burnout is very real but at some point, you must go to the root of your burnout. And, and sometimes we make our burnout our church services. But what happened during the pandemic was some of you all were out of church for a whole year. Now you can't blame church. You must consider that maybe we have taken on some things that God never assigned us to take on. Somebody say amen. Demonic activity. This demonic intention is to drain us. You know you're operating under demonic activity when you start operating in self-sabotaging behavior. I'm not talking to new converts. I'm talking to seasoned saints in church. 
The Bible says he was in the cemetery. He was living in the past and he was cutting himself. Have you ever looked at yourself and was mad at yourself? Mm. I just talk out loud for some of our own secret private conversations. Have you ever been mad at yourself because you said I should be further than where I am right now? You know, what happened when you, when you look up and what you're doing doesn't match your calling? Self-sabotaging behavior. You know, a lot of times we talk about who tempted us and who lured us and who brought us down. What, what happens when you became the tempter? Self-sabotaging behavior. When we see what it's doing to us, but we still keep engaging. A lot of times in the, in the book of Judges, we keep talking about Delilah, 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 Delilah. But you must examine Samson, Samson, Samson. She communicated, hallelujah, she communicated to Samson what she wanted to do. And what is it about us when people have made their motives clear to us and we still think we're strong enough to handle it? My God. Self, somebody shout self-sabotaging behavior. And we have saints in the church uh, because they're functioning, we think they're okay. And they find themselves operating on what I call autopilot where they can sing when it's time to sing and shout when it's time to shout. But the truth is, they're, they're losing secret battles. And when you're dealing with, with demonic warfare, yes, yes, yes. You should get counseling and you should, you should, you should get all the help and coaches and motivational uh, cliches you can find to inspire you. But I want you to know the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds because you can never be delivered from something that you're not willing to be honest about hallelujah we must be able to step back even from our churches and our ministries sometime and say hold on why are we not producing at the level we should be producing why are we not operating at the optimum speed we should be operating because the truth is that sometimes there are demonic patterns that have built themselves I call it octopus legs where the spirit of offense becomes strong in the church and we can't challenge people without them shutting down and so but instead of confronting sin hallelujah we start compromising with sin hallelujah because of people's gifts and talents and we are afraid to lose their space in the building we overlook them and challenge other people but God told me to tell you this morning if you want victory in your life you gotta put the light on dark places you got to even confront yourself for the word of God is not just for the hearer but the the word of God is also for the preacher I wish I had somebody in this room that would talk back to me in this room look at somebody and tell your neighbor say God has given me victory in every area of my life hallelujah come on he's given me victory in my diet he's given me oh talk to me in here he's given me victory in my mind I'm tired of preaching and ministering and 
captive and going back to a prison that God has already delivered me from. I need about a hundred people in this room that know God is about to turn some things. We have been under the foot of the adversary, but I come to declare to the 50 of you that will praise him now, whatever has been on your back, God is about to put it under your feet. Some of our sicknesses some of our sicknesses and MRI can't pick it up. Some of our sicknesses and x-ray can't pick it up. It's a spirit of infirmity. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, we don't talk about spiritual things because tell your neighbor, it's spiritual. It's spiritual that you're always depleted of energy. But when it's time to sin, you find strength from somewhere. Hallelujah. You're too tired. You got to watch Bible study online because you're too tired to go to Bible study because you got to go to work in the morning. But I saw you liking stuff on Facebook at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I come to expose that demon this morning. Hallelujah. We got to, we got to be mindful, saints, because some of us in this room, God says, I want to catch you up in the spirit. I want to catch you up. As a matter of fact, we're here in this conference in September. But this Friday is the beginning of a new year. Today is Rosh Hashanah. And I hear the Lord says, whatever you do in the next 72 hours, it's going to catch you up for the rest of the year. If you if you know that you're behind schedule, but you want to be on schedule, somebody jump up and open up your mouth and shout victory, victory, victory. Now, the Bible says this demon cries out. It's kind of confusing when you read the text. Because the Bible says the man saw Jesus afar off. And he cried out with the voice, why have you come to torment me before time? So the question is, who's talking? The man saw Jesus. And the voice cried out, why did you come to torment me before time? It tells me. That the demons were looking through the eye gates of the man and saw Jesus coming. And it was the voice of the demons that says, Why have you come to torment me before time? Oh, why does he say this? The Bible says the demon is responding to Jesus because Jesus says, Come out of him. But listen to what Jesus asked Omniscient God in human flesh that knows all things poses a question to a demon he asked him what is your name he says my name singular is legion for we we are many isn't that something that even in the demonic system there's an order everybody didn't talk one spoke for all demons my God says for we are many hear me hear me and I'm gonna close I'm gonna close here it is the Bible says then the demons made a request of Jesus the demon said listen we know what you're gonna do you're gonna cast us out but we don't want to leave the region my God we want to stay close. 
You got to be careful. That's why the Bible calls us more than conquerors. It's not enough just for you to conquer something without replacing it. If a spirit come out, you got to replace it. If you've been addicted to pornography and God deliver you from pornography, you got to replace it. You got to inhabit the place you conquered. My God. Scream at somebody, tell them, keep your foot on it. Keep your foot on it. I know you shouted last week that you were delivered, but keep your foot on it. He says, we, we want to stay in the region. And this is an issue that I have. Why is God allowing demons to negotiate with him? Why? Don't negotiate with the devil. God, you tell him, get out of here. Jesus said, okay. They said, let us go over to them pigs. She said, okay, go. Why would Jesus negotiate with the devil? Huh. The Bible said the demons went in the pigs. And what happened to the pigs? They went over the cliff and drowned. Hear me. Hear me. Dogs and babies are more sensitive to the realm of the spirit than we are. Yes. Have you ever looked at, at a baby start laughing and looking at something past you? It is our intellectual fortitude that becomes an adversary to us seeing in the spirit. That's why the Bible says, will you come into the kingdom in order to really embrace the kingdom? You got to come in like a child. See, some of us know too much to receive anything. <laughs> so the lack of intellectual fortitude actually causes them to have a more sensitivity to things that are beyond what we see. To the point. That when the demons went in the pigs, the pigs ran over the cliff and committed suicide. Hear me. Why did God let the demons stay close enough and allow them to go into the pigs? Hear me. Because God was revealing the demons' intention from the beginning. In other words, the praise point is, this man has been possessed with these demons all these years, and he kept living. <laughs> Some of us have been dealing with something for a long time, but we've been living with it. Some of us have been struggling with some things for a long time, but we've been struggling with it. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, he wanted to kill me the entire time. God says, I let you see it. I let you experience it. Just you could see that I was holding you together the entire time. Wow. The entire time I was sustaining you. Not just when I showed up in the cemetery. I was keeping you when you were doing the other stuff. I was keeping you when you were going the wrong direction. I was keeping you when you were making bad decisions. I was keeping you the entire time. It was never the devil's intention to play with us. He wanted to 
destroy us. Woo! So why does Jesus show up at this cemetery at this time? I want you to put this verse on the screen. I believe it's Genesis chapter 49, if they gave it to you. Genesis chapter 49. I'll close out with this verse. Genesis chapter 49. Uh, what is the word? You got it for me? Genesis 49, verse 19. The Bible says they were in the area of the Gadarenes. This is where this cemetery is, in the area of the Gadarenes. Some scholars say this area where Jesus cast his demon out was the land portion of the tribe of Gad. In other words, when, G when, when God inspires Jacob to prophesy over his sons, he says, uh, he says, Zebulon, you will be this, Levi, you will be that, you have this area, Manasseh, you have half of the, of the area on this east of the Jordan, and the other half of Manasseh, you'll be on the west side of the Jordan. But then he gives a land mass to Gad, and there's a prophecy over Gad. It says, Gad, hallelujah, a troop, glory be to God, troop, military term. There's another military term that we saw in the New Testament called legion. Hallelujah. Gad, a legion is going to overcome you. But at the end, I'm going to give you victory. Oh my God. In other words, here comes Jesus thousands of years later showing up to fulfill a prophecy over somebody that was walking out a legion overcoming them I come to tell about 50 of you in this room that what you're dealing with ain't even personal it's about the prophecy my God hallelujah it's because something was spoke over your bloodline it was something that was declared over your generation I need you to get out of your seat and I need you to do it quick I got 10 minutes left and I need you to tell 7 people tell them I know how this ends you've been dealing with one thing after the other but I know how this ends you've been dealing with depression but I know how this ends it ain't gonna kill you it ain't gonna destroy you I come to declare your marriage will not end in defeat your education will not end in failure your ministry will not be destroyed in scandal pull on somebody tell them I know how this ends it ends in victory it ends in victory it ends in victory it ends in victory some of you this battle did not start with you some of you this warfare didn't start with you but somebody just make a step forward and shout but it ends with me I said it ends with me I said it ends with me it ends with me that's why it's been so hard because it's bigger it's bigger than just my image that's why it's been so strong because it's bigger than my ministry what God is about to do in your life is get ready to set up the next three generations of your family I'm not telling you your children won't have a fight I'm telling you they won't have your same fight shout for the people that's coming behind you shout for your sons Shout for your daughters, shout for your nieces, shout for your nephews, shout for your first cousins, shout for your siblings. It is it. Get out.
to look at the person near you and tell them God has given us victory over every demonic system in the region of our church. Oh. <laughs> every demonic system. That demonic system of murder. That demonic spirit of addiction. That demonic system of religion. God has given you authority over it right now. Over every regional spirit. Over every principality. Every, every ruler of darkness. He's given us victory over it. Grab that person by the hand. Because the truth is. We come into these spaces. We come into these spaces and we look the part, but the truth is, all of us are fighting battles that other people don't know about. I said, all of us are fighting battles. Glory be to God. Because if you're righteous, you're dealing with affliction. Hey, glory be to God. Mm. And I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor I don't have to know the details to pray for you I, I want you to look at him and tell him I want you to make it I want you to succeed come on tell him I'm not jealous of you tell him I want you to have everything God has for you oh 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 shut up Get ready. Get ready, people of God. I tell you, I'm on a roll. Shut I feel it lifted now. I'm telling you. Even while I was standing up here, even while I was standing up here preaching just moments ago, I can call it fatigue, but while I was standing up here, I just felt like all my energy left in the middle of while I was preaching. And while I was standing up here, I just kept going. And that's what, that's what somebody in this room, you'll go through moments of fog in your ministry. And you'll start looking at other people's ministry. And the enemy will start telling you, just shut down. Give it to somebody else. Or push somebody to tell them, keep going, keep going, keep going. Drive out the storm. Hey! There's something on the other side of this. I come to tell somebody who's been going through some financial challenges. There's something on the other side of this. You are about to find out what the warfare has really been about. How? It's bigger than what you prayed for. As a matter of fact, God told me to tell you it's bigger than what he showed you. He didn't show you everything. Some of you, if God showed you what he was about to do, your fear would take over. Scream at somebody, tell them it's going to be bigger than what you prayed for. Watch what I tell you. You watch what I tell you. It's going to happen so quick, it's going to make your head swim. It's going to be one thing on the heel of another. I'm going to give you this assignment. Because in a few hours, the sun is going to go down. And this sounds crazy. But when the sun goes down, we're coming into a new season. Because Shabbat 
does not take place in daylight. Shabbat starts in darkness. I want you to ask your neighbor this serious question. Ask them, can you praise God in the dark? Can you praise him without understanding all the details? Can you praise him without all the information? It don't have to look like a new day, but it doesn't change the fact that this is a new day. All right. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone. But every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.